What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A radiophonic novella, Locatora Radio, hosted by Mala Muñoz and Diosafem. Welcome to Season 3 of Locatora Radio, Por Casteras Peligrosas, because Fem Revenge has never sounded so sweet. Locatora Radio is a radiophonic novella archiving the brilliance and legacies of women and femmes of color. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. And we are Las Mamis of Myth and Bullshit. Las Locatoras of Locatora Radio. A radiophonic novella. Which is just a really extra way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome back. We're recording again. Yes. Yay. Welcome to Capitulo 70. We're really excited to be chatting with y'all today. Today, this is going to be a really good episode. Always. We have a fabulous interview um, in our second half with a special guest. We're going to wait. We're not going to announce her yet. <laughs> You'll know who she is when she gets here. Um, we have a lot to talk about. We have announcements, a lot to catch up on. Um, first, our partnerships. Yes. So we want to shout out Bloomy, which is a sexual health and wellness marketplace, and they offer... Uh, different kinds of products and 
hygiene products and sexual wellness products yeah. uh, for you, for your use. And you can use our code LOCATORA10 to get all your goodies. Uh, the Bloomy has been stocking us up with all the vibrators we could ever hope for. Yep. All of the, the serums and the organic tampons and things like that. Everything. So we're set. We're ready to go because of the Bloomy. Thank you so much. Our other partnership is with our favorite Latina-owned cosmetics company, Vive Cosmetics. And you can use our code LOCAMORES for 15% off of your order. Viva is killing the game. We love Viva Cosmetics, and yeah. um, Viva Cosmetics just looks good on us. It really does. We actually just got to hang out with Leslie, one of the founders of Viva Cosmetics, recently. She was in L.A. for work, and we got to all hang out, and they're just super beautiful people, both of them inside and out. Give your money to women of color, to Latina-owned brands, to yep. Latina beauty. Latinas run the beauty industry, so it's important that you are giving your money, your coins, to uh, Latinas Absolutely. and women of color. 100%. For those of us who've been rocking with us for a long time, you know that we're indie. We we don't have any corporate sponsors. We have no major backings, no angel investors. We work our full-time jobs. Still, to this day, we keep it indie. The podcast is free. If you like what we do, if you like us, if you want to support Support the project, hit the Venmo. You can donate at Locatora Radio. And we appreciate every donation that comes through. It warms the cockles of our hearts. Please keep it up. Yes, we have gotten some really wonderful donations in the past couple of weeks. So thank you to all of our Locamores that continue to ride for us, to donate, to that share. Uh, another way that you can support the podcast is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a real tangible way um, to support us and a kind of uh, a little affirmation, a little besito for us to read and have in the archives. Yeah, even on the Instagram, you know, uh, help us beat the algorithm. It's a mess out here. Mm-hmm. We talked about shadow banning mm-hmm. last time. Um, someone commented recently, oh, I wasn't seeing y'all in our feed. That is why. Another thing that you can do is turn your notifications on on our profile so that anytime we post something, it'll you'll get a notification that we shared something. Absolutely. Yeah. So next, we are sharing an event that we're having in collaboration and partnership with the LA Public Library. As y'all know, we did a series of 11 workshops all across LA County with the LA Public Library bringing free podcasting to the communities. Absolutely. So that's going to be September 19th. We're doing a big show at the L.A. Public Library, the Central Library downtown, which is really exciting for us. The title of our show, September 19th, is Sin Musica No Hay Paraíso. And we are blessed and privileged to have two excellent um, artists, performers, musicians in Sancha and Crisol joining us for that night. So, yes. So we are going to be interviewing them and they're also going to bless the stage with a performance. So there will also be music. It will not just be interview based. There will Mm -hmm. be some live entertainment. Sancha is killing the game and so is Crisol. So we're really excited that they're going to be joining us on September 19th. Absolutely. And I believe it's at seven o'clock. It's an evening show. It's an evening show, and it's free. So all you have to do is RSVP on the Eventbrite. Show up, be cute, enjoy the tunes, enjoy us, Crisol and Sancha, September 19th. Hope to see you there. All right, so we want to check in. It's been a 
fast summer, but a mm-hmm. long summer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just want to check in, see how we're doing. For those that follow Mala, you saw that she was living her best life in Europa. Yes, I yes. was doing some stuff out here in LA. So we just want to check in and, you know, just share how our summer's been. Yeah, it's been, I feel like, a mixed summer. It's a little hot girl summer, a little sad girl summer, a little mad girl summer. All of the summers, yeah. All the summers. How's your summer been? My summer's been, um, this year has not felt like summer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you work a nine to five, damn, you go out and ya, ya es tarde. Yep. Para andar de barrio, andar de ir a la playa. You know, it's just too late to do anything. It's a scam. It's a scam. So, you know, capitalism works that way where it's like, oh, right it's the day is over and then you have to go home and prepare for the next day already so it's really confusing so this summer has not felt like summer for me but i have enjoyed little previews of it little teasers of it um we had a really amazing pool party for our friend Maritza that she just moved to new york and actually um i spent a lot of time with her while you were away before she moved um we had dinner a couple times we had drinks a couple times we i took her to the la leaf opening night so i did a lot of stuff with maritza before she left so i'm like really happy that we got to like have some quality time as yeah. homegirls you know Cute. so that was really sweet um and then i did the la leaf live podcast with aurora guerrero and moises zamorra and so that audio will be released pretty soon in the next couple weeks but that was really great and um i was just really taking care of myself while you were away good focusing on the physical health and the mental health um i started taking yoga and i'm really into it i did a full moon meditation um i spent a lot of time with my family who I was telling Mala, I went to a family party and the first thing a primo said to me was like, oh, you remember you have cousins? Oh my God, the shade. I was like, can you not? Because this makes me not want to come around you. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Just calling you out for being busy. I'm like, the shame does not work on me. Okay, I will just stop coming. We're past the shame. Right. But anyway, um, so summer's been cute in that way. I've got to spend a lot of time with family and friends um, and just, you know, trying to enjoy what's left summer is not over (laughs) no it's not it's not over we're we just entered virgo season and um that just means that we're closer to libra season which means we're closer to my birthday (laughs) which also means we're closer to halloween very my favorite time of the year so i'm doing good yeah 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 um you're right it hasn't felt like summer and i feel like we're not the only ones that have sensed that right I think it really is just we're all getting older. It's awful. So, like, the play, summer has a different place in our lives in one way or another. We don't get to play as much. No. At least we haven't been. And so <laughs> much of adulthood is like, oh, now I get to sit inside of this room all day and not be outside. It's awful. It's really fucking terrible. So this summer, um, I did a little bit of teaching. I taught some summer school, and it was so funny because I was teaching... I usually teach girls during the school year because I work at a girl's school. Mm -hmm. But this summer I was teaching middle school boys, fifth, sixth and seventh and eighth. And so my favorite um, memory from teaching summer school with these boys, um, 
I was talking to them about consent. And so I asked them, the fifth and sixth graders, what is consent in your own words? Have you ever heard that word? What does it mean? And this little Filipino boy immediately raises his hand and says with no hesitation, he goes, well, consent means that if you want to slap a girl's ass, she has to give you permission first. And I was like a little taken aback, but at the same time, he's correct. It's right. He's correct. And you know, he's going in the right direction. So it was just really funny, like affirming the knowledge they already have and just kind of adding to the conversation. Kids know. Kids know what consent is. Yes, they do. Something happens as they get older and the conversations that developed further and then we're in the mess that we're in now Mm -hmm. with, you know, patriarchy Mm -hmm. and rape culture. It's weird because I think when like, um, little boy, little boys when they do stuff that they shouldn't it's almost like parents or adults i think it's cute and mm-hmm. i'm like no this is what reinforces the behavior and then this it's learned and then you learn that it's okay and it's acceptable and it's cute and it's funny it's like positive reinforcement for the wrong thing the negative yeah it's in, it's it's a lot yeah well, so that's amazing it was amazing yeah. i was actually very proud of him i'm like yes that's true do not touch girls without their permission <laughs> we're doing good we're doing good so that was um summer school and then me and my sister and my friend Melissa and her sister Lauren, the four of us, we went on um, a trip for 16 days. So we went to Spain, um, we went to Morocco, we went to Portugal, had a fabulous time, um, saw a lot of architecture, did lots of tours. I think Morocco by far, for me and my sister anyways, Morocco was our favorite stop, our favorite location. Mm -hmm. The food was delicious. Um, We were in Fez, which which is considered a medieval city and we just saw all the like beautiful mosques and the Quranic schools and just gorgeous like 12th century architecture their ceramics their tile work their metal work their leather work everything <laughs> is just like amazing and so intricate and it was funny because we were like walking through this market in Fez and some random guy just shouts at us Obama was better <laughs> Like, he knew that we were Americans. That's funny. Obama was better, so they stan Obama. And then the other funny thing that happened that I thought was interesting, that I shared with Yosa already. So all four of us that went, we identify the four of us as Mexican-American or Chicana. And so we're there in Morocco, and, like, people would ask us, where are you from? So we would tell them, oh, California, L.A. But then they would stop us and say, mm, mm, you look Mexican in the face. <laughs> like, it happened multiple times over and over. And it was very, like, pleasantly surprising for me that they had that kind of specific knowledge yeah. of like who we could be or where we could be from. Um, so that happened like four or five times while in Morocco. It did not happen in Spain or Portugal. I just don't think that they care no. about people or where they're from. I think they're tied. They are, you know, over there, they're like in America in many ways. They have their own version of like make Spain great again and make Portugal mm-hmm, great again. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they don't want immigrants in their communities either. Yeah. Although they're like colonizers. Right. And it was just so funny too because in Portugal, like we were doing these tours and the Portuguese Portuguese guides would share these things with us. Oh, you know, like, you know, we discovered, we discovered Brazil and we discovered India, this, that, and the other. And then we found some gold and then we brought it over and now we have these pretty palaces, but they never make mention of slavery. They never make mention of colonialism. It's all discovery, which was hilarious. Um, and very annoying. Of course. So white people, white, white peopling everywhere. Right, right. And then, of course, in the kitchens over there in Spain and Portugal, who was cooking? 
brown immigrant people. Of course. You know, so it was some wild shit. But I'm back. I'm tan. I'm excited to be podcasting again. And yeah, here we are. Yeah, you look amazing. Thank um, you. I loved following your travels while you were abroad and like seeing what, what you were doing and what you were getting up to and the outfits and the pictures, all of it. Yes, it was cute times. I, Good. I, in the past, I would I was doing like an international trip once a year. I didn't mm-hmm. go anywhere last year. Um, so it was nice to get out of the country. And oh my God, like towards the end, we were asking ourselves, should we even go back to the States? I know. Should we catch this flight? There were like three mass shootings like the first weekend we were gone. It was awful. It's been awful. It's been rough here. I think that that's like kind of been the collective energy. It's just like, what the f- fuck are we doing here and yeah it's just been a lot i think even the past couple the past couple days you know the amazon was set on fire Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i have been like really distraught i like have been to the amazon Mm. i like spent a couple days there i it it was just it was just a lot uh it's been a lot so just thinking about like how, how what we can do and like how we can you know not just you know be passively uh receiving this information and then like feeling distraught but then where's the action you know trying to think more yeah. like action oriented right um so that's been on my mind the past couple of days it's just been we're like at the end of times it feels like it's wild and i've kind of been thinking about this notion of apocalypse in my head and kind of turning it over in my head and i almost sort of feel like a, a true like it's almost like the the desire for an all-out apocalypse to just wipe everything out and end it is like that's almost like the idealized apocalypse. Yeah. That's almost the positive apocalypse. It's just mm-hmm. like, take this pain from us, end it. Don't make us experience this anymore. But I think that I'm coming to this sort of, I'm coming to terms with this notion that apocalypse is actually just a never ending series of smaller apocalypses. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it just never ends, but it's always like, we're always on the precipice of disaster and right. chaos. And then, and then we think it's over, but then there's more. Right. So it's almost for me, the continuing to survive is worse mm-hmm. than just letting it all burn in flames and be done. Yeah. Well, I think that's also like the plight of capitalism, right? Like because we live in a capitalistic society, you can't, you, you really do have to keep going, yep. even though you don't want to, like, you really, like, have to, unless there's, like, a full-on revolution, mm-hmm. and we overthrow the government. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, you really, like, are forced to keep going, because you yep. have to go clock in, because your bills don't stop. My my boss was telling me um, recently that she, you know, in, in the event of a disaster, that she has, like, one month of, one month of salary, like, saved yeah somewhere like hidden um because she was like even if there's a disaster your bills are gonna keep being billed Horrible. you know you still have to pay your mortgage you yeah. still have to pay whatever kind of bills that you have so it's like that's what really inhibits us from like rising up it's true you know it's it, true. capitalism is a scam and then you know we spend a lot of time online and then we hear these like wild stories about how activists end up dying in Mm. destitution and Mm -hmm. poverty Mm -hmm. and how who was it the owner of little caesars was paying rosa parks rent until the day she died that's crazy she was impoverished you know and she's rosa parks or even like um folks that were heavily uh, involved as activists during the ferguson Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. uprising and then have mysteriously died yep you know that that's not coincidental no um so it's just you know you you look at all the cards that are laid out and it's really hard to feel optimistic but i think that this is a good time you know to 
lean in to what people are already doing. Like there are already people that are mobilizing and are doing groundwork. It's kind of like don't don't reinvent the wheel. Like see what's out there. Align yourself with what feels right to you, and like see how you can be a part of what someone else is already doing. Right. You know what I mean? Instead Absolutely. of starting from this from this from from zero. Right. People have been in resistance Mm -hmm. for a long time. Communities have been in resistance for a long time. Like none of this is new, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. You know, going back to the idea of just constant chaos. Yeah. None of this is new. Um, I mean, people have lived through some fucked up shit, Mm -hmm. you know, throughout the centuries. And it just it's just new versions of it. Yeah. You know, right. It's like, I mean, this is like trite, but it like history does repeat itself, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's we're seeing that literally play out right now. Yeah. Um, so someone was asking me recently, they're like, oh, have you watched The Handma- Handmaid's Tale? Hand- mm-hmm. Handmaid's Tale? Sorry. Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. No, I'm like, well, that's what we're living right now. Like, yeah. you want me to watch that yeah. for fun, for pleasure? Right. No, absolutely not. No. That's what's happening currently. That show is horrific. I definitely started watching it specifically to torture myself. Right. I was like, you know what? I would like to feel like shit right that now. Kind of, <laughs> that kind of like pain escapism is real. It's real. Mm-hmm. I'll watch Handmaid's Tale and feel like absolute garbage. And then I'll feel better afterwards. Mm. However, that works. Mm. Um, a little self-flagellation. But anyways, so it's been wild. But we continue to do fun things to lift the spirits, lift the community. Yeah. We and find solace in art. I think that that's why like we do our best. I And I think this is good to point out. Like we do our best to not be a podcast that like keeps up with the news cycle. And I, we've said this before, um, but for any news, new listeners, like if we ever don't talk about current happenings in the world, it's not because we're not interested, we're uninformed or we don't care. It's that there's so many other platforms that are doing that already. Yeah. And we want you to tune in and feel like empowered and walk away like with a different type of knowledge, you know, not necessarily something that you can turn on the TV and see Mm -hmm. um, or Mm -hmm. hear. So I think that that is why we do our best. Sometimes we have to bring stuff in. You know, we are going to talk about things that are currently happening in society or in the news cycle. Um, But I mean, another form of escapism is like listening to the cool shit that women are doing around Mm -hmm. the world, you Mm -hmm. know, and that's what we tried. That's what we want this podcast to be. Yeah. At the end of the day, our mission statement is about archiving the legacies and the brilliance of women of color, you know? So I feel like a lot of the news cycle, a, a lot of current events ends up being like, what did this white man do today? What did this white politician do today? You know, um, and that's not what our focus is. Our focus is on what women and femmes of color are up to and how are we innovating? So that's why we talk about what we talk about. However, there is a recent occurrence that happened here in LA last night Mm -hmm. at a local spot that we used to frequent all the time. And, um, do you want to tell our listeners what happened? Yeah. So we saw, um, this video circulating on the internet and on Instagram specifically, and it's pretty awful. Um, Transgeneros Unidas, the Instagram, that's their handle, um, shared this video of a multiple women, multiple trans women being physically um, escorted out of Las Perlas. I, that's not even the right word, like violently dragged dragged like physical force being used upon them you know whatever whatever may have happened there's no excuse for any type of violence against people against women against trans women um and i think it's also important to point out that uh this weekend in la there is a a annual downtown la detail a proud event 
and the women or the folks that were there last night at Las Perlas were like coming from like an opening night mm. for DTLA Proud and then decided to go to Las Perlas to, to have fun, to have drinks, to whatever. Um, and then their night escalated to, to violence. Right. And, you know, Las Perlas... Um is not Latinx owned. Mm-mm. There's like an event, there's like a events company, a venue company that owns multiple downtown LA uh, venues, bars. You know what? And a lot of these locations like Las Perlas, Caña Rumbar, mm-hmm. there's others that have like Latinx themes or Mexican themes to the name and to the decorations and the mm-hmm. decor inside. Um, but they're not Latinx owned. We used to frequent Las Perlas all the time. Yeah. We haven't really been going as much. Like, like a lot of people know and probably have noticed if you're from LA, Las Perlas has changed a lot. Yeah. We used to joke that it's like, oh, it's a chipster bar and mm-hmm. whatever. But it's a lot wider than it used to be. Yeah. It's even, not the same sense of community. Even the staff has changed. Um, before it was um, men of color working the bar, folks of color working the bar, even like a little senor working the bar. Yeah. Um, Miguel. That would, like, that would help us out when we were there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's definitely the culture there has changed for the worse. Um, so yeah, you know, we just want to send solidarity to the folks that are organizing behind a rally. By the time that you hear this episode, the rally will have already passed. So I don't think there's any sense in plugging that right now, but we do want to express some type of solidarity for Bienestar LA and Transgeneros Unidas. Uh, you can check out their handles. Um, if you're from LA, don't support Las Perlas. Don't go. Don't go. It's not Latinx owned. Find the Latinx owned bars that are here in LA. We know it's really difficult, especially with nightlife. Yeah. Shellas is a place here That's, in Boyle Heights. Mm-hmm. East I Love. Those are both Latinx owned. Yeah. Actually, and this is like now a project, I think, to look into mm-hmm. the spots that we go to, who owns them. We already know that probably a majority of venues are owned by white men. Just the two of us, like, looking into venues for our events, for Locatora events, it's like we always end up talking to white men, that all the venues are owned and run, managed, operated by white men. So it's wild because people of color um, really populate the nightlife out here. Like, there would be no nightlife without people of color, without Latinx and black folks specifically. But then who owns the venues and who do we have to talk to about having our parties there and how does that impact our safety and the experience that we're having? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and this, it's also good to think about the the collectives that are doing the work, like the Cumbiaton Collective, right. La Junta LA, um, those folks that are that yeah. are putting on the parties. Selena Technocumbia. Yes. Um, the Subsuelo Crew. Yeah. Late there, Night Laggers. Late Night Laggers. There's a lot of there's a lot of us right now. Chulita Vino Club, like organizing the spaces and the events. But just, you know, it's it's important to be cognizant of, of the venues as well. Mm-hmm. For instance, Las Perlas is white-owned. And if you've been there, like, it's a, mez- it's a mezcal bar. So there's, like, calaveras everywhere. There's a lot of um, veladoras everywhere. You know, it's yeah. definitely playing on, like, the aesthetics like Mexican of Mexican yeah. culture. But it's kitschy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not Latinx-owned. So just to think about that. So, yeah, once again, we want to send solidarity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's our mm-hmm. that's our like current event, L.A. current event that we definitely wanted to talk about here today. Yes. And if there's anything coming up in the next couple of weeks in the next week when this episode is out in regards to any actions that are happening here in L.A., we will definitely put you on to them. We will share them on the fate on the Instagram. Right. Um, 
protect yeah. trans women. Yes, especially if you're a bystander. Protect tell trans your, women. Tell your cishet boyfriend to fucking do something. To right. Step in. Mm. This is like you have to leverage your privilege in these moments. Inutiles. Mm-hmm. Inutiles. Because there was, there was gente there in mm-hmm. this video. There's gente at that bar standing around watching. Yep. Plenty. Yep. Plenty of gente. Yep. And I don't see anybody stepping in or doing or saying anything. Mm-mm. Which is very disappointing. It's not the first time we've seen something like this. No. Um, I don't remember exactly when this was, but maybe it was like six months ago. A video circulated on Twitter. There mm-hmm. were these two mujeres, Latina mujeres, downtown L.A. on Spring Street, right? Yep. They were defending a street vendor because some humongous man was being super verbally abusive to the street vendor. Yeah. And so these two mujeres told him like to stop, to leave him alone. And this man punched them out, both of these women, in the face. And there were a bunch of bystanders and not one person came forward to say anything to him. He jogged away. Mm-hmm. Nobody even tried to stop him. Nope. These women were laid out on the floor and no one even approached them to ask them if they were okay, to call the police, to call an ambulance, nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, bystander in- intervention is not a thing, especially when the bystanders are predominantly men. They yep. don't come forward to defend women. Inutiles, cowards, spy- I only have negative words for y'all. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's yep. some fucked up shit. Yep. This is why we're all about like mujeres and solidarity, because when it comes down to it, like we're really all that we can depend on. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. <laughs> stay vigilant. Stay vigilant. Um, stay on your toes. Stay on your toes. Protect each other. Keep each other safe, you know? Yeah. It's it's rough out here. It's rough out here. Um, but we want to switch switch it switch gears a little bit to something a little bit lighter. Um, mm. I think it got got a little intense right now for for both of us. Yeah. Um, but you know we haven't chatted with y'all in a while, and there's lots of things we need to share. Yeah. Um, but we want to switch it to something a little bit lighter. So I never have anything to say for this segment <laughs> because I purposely. Well, and not purposely, also, you know, just de by facto. situationally, yeah, I'm never around white women, hardly ever. So we have a weird things white women did this week uh, brought to us by Mala. Yeah, uh, because on the flip side, I spend a lot of time around white women. I um, really do. I'm so sorry. Just, just by the fact of my life right now, you know, and there are some cool white ladies out there um, in the world, you know, chilling. We have our favorite white ladies, but overwhelmingly, there are some weird interactions that happen when white women are in the room. So, you know, I'm a member at The Wing. Yes. And uh, The Wing has come under some controversy lately for not being a safe space for black women. And um, there's been a lot of very much needed and valid critique of The Wing. Mm. And so here, um, I'm a member of The Wing West Hollywood, and I was sitting with my friend Shreya, who is my friend from college, and she was down in L.A. visiting because she was going to the girl boss rally. rally. So me and Shreya and Shreya is Indian South Asian. And so we're there at the wing hanging out and this white woman comes and sits directly behind us. And then this lady like stops our conversation and says, Oh, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to be rude, but I just want to let you know that I'm about to take a call and I'm going to be loud. There were other seats open and available. Like it was oh not she busy wasn't that gonna day. Move. She wasn't going to move. Of course. So she interrupts us to tell us that she doesn't mean to interrupt us Oh my! God. and then starts talking 
talking about herself and everything that she does. And she starts listing off her resume. She's a producer. She's this. She's that. She's this. She's that and the other. So I'm like, I already don't believe you because that's too many jobs. Right. <laughs> I don't buy it. And then she starts to tell us about how, you know, um, she may look like a white lady, but... She's like so like into culture and she's so involved in different cultural communities. She didn't actually negate the fact that she's white. She never said, I may look white, but I'm actually this. No, she just said, I may look white, but I'm super into culture. Right. And I'm super into like traveling and this, that and the other. And then she goes, so already me and Shreya are like looking at each other and our eyes are like big. They're like this big, like what is happening? Shreya's like texting me like, um, should we like move? Right. (laughs) That's the worst. And then this white woman says you know um a few years ago i discovered latin american music she discovered it she invented it again white people with their discoveries right she goes i discovered latin american music and i just thought to myself huh this is this is amazing i need to bring this to the masses like the world needs to hear this and she says and that's why i became a zumba instructor so i could bring latin american music to the world and then she's like i'm going to the dominican republic next month you should come with me and record a podcast there and in my brain i'm like literally over my dead body right <laughs> like, like bitch i will die before i travel anywhere with you so that um was my most recent example of a white woman being weird girl right and the school year's about to start so you'll have more <laughs> yeah, i know more it stories. i know it um i work with all latinas there are some white latinas so i will I'm sure that I will have a weird things white women did, but Latin, a white Tina edition um, that I can share one of these days. But, you know, yes. thankfully nothing has happened. Or maybe it just happened so much that I don't even notice. I don't know. Could be. Could be. <laughs> you know, the microaggressions, you just don't really pay attention to them anymore. Sure. Who knows? I, I try and um, take notes on my phone as often as possible or I'll forget. Right. And because things mm-hmm. become normalized. Things become normal. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, do I really not have anything or do I, am I just used to it? Mm, <laughs> you know, that's you something know? to reflect on. I know. For sure. So I need to think, I need to think about it and just, I guess, pay more attention. Yeah. I'm sure there's something. I'm sure. I just, I don't know. Ooh, girl. I'm like a, like a, I'm one of those people and I'm working on this where it's like you think about what you should have said after the fact and then you regret not saying it. Oh yeah. You know, so I'm doing my best. I have, I have. When I have said something, it's gotten me into trouble, you know? So I'm like, okay, do I react? Maybe get into some trouble? Do I think about it and process it and then regret not saying it later, you know? So that's where I'm at. Yeah, it's really always a negotiation and, Mm -hmm. like, picking your battles. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. So, yes. Well, thank you for sharing that, Mala. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Alrighty, so a quick word from our sponsor, therapy for Latinx. So as you know, we're all about the glow up and that includes the mental health glow up and therapy for Latinx is a Latina owned and curated online database for Latinx centered mental health, mental health resources in your area. Um, it's a really great resource, especially for those of you who are thinking about going into therapy for the first time and maybe you're nervous, you need a familiar face or someone who is culturally competent. I think therapy for Latinx is a really good place for that. Definitely. So check out therapyforlatinx.com. You will not regret it. You can find a therapist, especially if you recently moved and you need to, you know, get back into therapy. That is one way that you can find a new therapist or mental health resource for you. 
So that's Therapy for Latinx. And before we get into our interview with our very special guest, we are going to play a song. Yes. And before we play that song, I want to introduce our guest, the amazing, the incomparable Jessica Salgado. She is a L.A.-based Salvadoran poet who writes about her family, her culture, her city, and her brown body. She has shared her work in venues and campuses throughout the country. Salgado is a four-time member of the Poetry Lounge, Slam Team, and a 2017 and 2018 National Poetry Slam finalist. Her work has been featured in the LA Times, Latina Magazine, Univision, Vibe Magazine, Huffington Post, NPR, TEDx, and many digital platforms. She is the co-founder of the Latina feminist collective Chingona Fire and an internationally recognized body positivity activist. Jessica is the author of the Amazon bestsellers Corazón and Tesoro and soon-to-be Hermosa, published with Not a Cult. so excited to welcome our homegirl, amazing author, writer, poet, Jessica Salgado. Hi. Welcome back, Mama Mango, back in the stew. It's been a minute. Yes, I love this tradition that we have where we get the exclusive interview (laughs) for your book release. Yes. Thank you so much for sitting down with us and joining us today for the third time. Yeah, we love having Jessica on Locatora. We sat down with Jessica. This, Like Diosa said, this is now the third time we've sat down to talk about a new body of work that you've created. The first time was for Corazón, then it was for Tesora, and now for your newest baby, Hermosa. Yes, I mean, I, you know that whenever I have a date, I always hit y'all up. I'm like, okay, so when are we doing the interview? Yeah. <laughs> because uh, it has to be Locatora first and then everybody else next. We appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we really, really do. And it's always a good time. I told Nico here at Espacio that Jessica was coming and he goes, oh, so the cheese mess is about to be like really good, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I said, yes, that is true. That is correct. So welcome back, Jessica. Thank you, baby. Do you want to say hi to our new listeners who maybe um, have joined us since our last interview with you and introduce yourself? Yes, definitely. Um, hola, new locamores. I am also a locamor um, since day one. So I beat you but um, (laughs) I am I've coined a phrase for myself I'm a fat fly um, brown woman who writes poems and about love and my family and my community specifically Silver Lake Echo Park um, LA and I've released a few books and this is the third one to close out a trilogy that's based around all those subjects and um, basically love and it's many shapes and forms So, yeah, hi. And your first two books, because you self-published a number of chat books, zines, Mm -hmm. you've had blogs. You've been creating for, what, 10 years, more now? I've been writing my whole life. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been sharing work online for 17 years. Wow. Um, And then I've been selling 
some publication of work since 2013. So I've done a project almost every year. Amazing. From 2013 to now. That's amazing. And um, what I love about the last two books, and well, now three books, right, Mm -hmm. is the way the imagery has progressed and how you have a new... Um, either plant or tree involved, and this yeah. this time around, it's like undeniable the the hakaranda tree. Yes. So, can you just to jump in? Can you talk about how that imagery has progressed and yeah. perhaps the significance or the symbolism for you for this book? Yes. So, for the first book, it wasn't intentional. I just gathered the poems that I wanted to be in the book and piece the story that was supposed to be a love story. And the woman who designed my cover, when I told her what I wanted as a cover art, and she didn't listen to anything I asked for other than the color, which was blood orange, was the cover of the book. And um, when it came back, it was the mango. It was a mango branch. And I realized then that the mango was so prevalent in my work. Yeah. And um, so when I became conscious of that, I leaned into it. And the book represent like, a, the mango takes so many different... Um, uh, uh, it means so much throughout the book, and so, I, so then when I had my second book, I said, "Well, the mango represents uh, El Salvador for me. What represents my home in LA? And it's two lemon trees because my front yard has two lemon trees. And so I use that imagery throughout the whole cover, uh, throughout the whole book of the Soro. And there's the lemon tree branch on the cover of the Soro. And then this last one, I wanted it to be more of a love letter to the, the whole city, to LA, and. Um, palm trees are played out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, a little bit. And my block is lined by hakaranda trees. And, right. And I think the hakarandas are beautiful. They bloom in the summer. I was born in the summer. And also, um, I feel like they tell us they love us. And sometimes we find them to be an inconvenience because mm. they fall over the trees and all right. over the stuff. And so um, I've been made to feel like my love was inconvenient before, but I see the beauty in it. And I think that to close out the trilogy, it was like... a a beautiful nod at what that could be. Yes. There's so much that you weave together throughout all three books. And I mean, the fruit, the flowers, the trees, this notion of blooming, Mm -hmm. um, the way you tie it back even to place and location and migration and how you have the mango tree in El Salvador, the lemon tree here in L.A., the jacaranda tree here in L.A. And I also love the way that you lay out streets throughout the book. I think one of my favorite things about reading your work is selfishly finding myself in the work. Literally. Literally. (laughs) Yes. That's how I felt you have the poem and it's literally... Uh, at La Cita. Yes. And we were just talking about that, I think, two nights ago, uh-huh. Mala and I, and how, like, in our, the mommy prime, that that mm-hmm. was, we were always at La Cita. So being able to read that in the book and think, like, damn, yep. that was, like, one of our nights. Mm-hmm. The, the, that's the thing that um, a lot of folks don't realize that yeah, the mommies are mentioned so much in my work. Right. Um, you know, there's in Corazon, there's, uh, like, uh, Mala, like you're mentioned by name in the book, and yeah. and um, actually, like you're in a couple of poems because yeah. there's a yeah, there's a lot, and then um, Gordita Applebaum is mentioned like us laughing over something. Um, being at La Cita is a nod to like where we used to go before. There's another poem about um, us having a dinner in Hollywood w- with Maritza, yeah, and so uh, for me, like my sisterhood is the most important thing for me the woman in my life and and if I could rope them into my work I tried to and those that know who it's about know and those who don't 
whatever like you, you still get to connect to it yeah and I mean the the book too is so amazing because Hermosa captures even really important periods of time here in LA like you make mention of Nipsey being killed yeah. mm-hmm. right and it just really cements the work in like our real lived experiences and how the city was in mourning collectively while you were probably mourning something else right a love a relationship yeah. what have you so it's just I would really love to know more about how you take streets and experiences and events in LA and then weave them back into your personal narrative. Well, yeah, I think that um, I'm not someone that writes out of like political reaction, but I will write out of personal reaction, right? And I mean, the personal is political. Yeah. Um, and so for for me to like write about Nipsey, I couldn't not write. I'm so the man that I write a lot of my love poems about is a black man, mm-hmm. and I can't. I can't not acknowledge that in my work also, you know? And right. and so that was important for me in the fact that Nipsey's death meant something for him too that didn't mean that for me and that kind of like sat in my spirit really strongly. But also like to see the city mourn somebody in a way that um, I've never seen them mourn someone. And it was just this thing that like it took over my whole body and and I had to incorporate I, I had to acknowledge that I was creating something while that was happening. Right. But um, also like the streets are important because especially the streets that I choose to mention, um, I always try to mention like brown and black streets. Yeah. You know, like um, streets that belong to us or that were gentrified and uh, quote unquote taken from us. Right. And and so I feel like it's almost like a reclaiming because. It's in my work, and my work is only growing, and there's people that only get to know LA through my lens. Yeah. And so if I'm going to tell you my city through my lens, I'm going to make sure you get the real, like, my lens. Right. Yeah. I love the streets that you choose to mention because they feel so much like home because they're so close to my home, you know? Like MacArthur Park is not a street specifically, but the park, the location. Um, Vermont, Slauson, Cesar Chavez, like these are major locations for people of color and for Latino communities specifically. Yes. And it's really important for me. MacArthur Park is important. It's the Salvadoran Corridor. So it's kind of a nod to uh, my diaspora, you know? Um, uh, Echo Park is is where I grew up going as a kid, and and it's a nod to like what was before the gentrification. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Slauson, um, Crenshaw, like naming like Pershing Square. I remember when Pershing Square was in the hipster spot it is now. Right. You know, and 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 so it's important. Like at MacArthur Park, like. I mean, y'all hosted at the Levitt, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, that was like knowing that my homegirls were hosting at something that me and my my family, we used to go um, when I was little to watch like La Sonora Dinamita. And like the first concerts I saw were in that part, yeah. you know, and, and to know that I'm part of a community now that is putting on these things, is performing here, um, you know, or is hosting and, and that is also... Um, accessible and tangible I want my readers to feel that it's the same for them too yeah yeah that's amazing thank you for laying all that out for us Um, I'm curious for uh, for this time around and when writing this book how was the process different in completing this new collection of works to the other two times I was tired as fuck so <laughs> I was tired and you both got texts from me having existential crises <laughs> and crying. And I was like, I don't, I feel like I, I'm glad I did three books in two years, but I was tired. Yeah. And I 
felt like I didn't have much to say anymore. And so I had to sit with that for a while. Like I began the year, um, I went, I was in New York for a few days and I thought I was going to write all these poems about LA. When I was there, I only wrote like a six line poem. Mm. And then like, I kept thinking the book was going to come and it wasn't until like I was two weeks late and I literally sat in one night and pulled all the pieces together. And this is the thing, the Soto had so much that I was trying to outdo the Soto, but there's no way that you can do that. And what I mean by so much is like there's hidden love notes. There's a lot of references to Corazon and the Soto. There's a lot of references to my mingles. And and if you follow my if you follow me outside of my written work, there's so much like so much I was sharing. And I wanted to do all of that in Hermosa and more, but I realized that that wasn't what that book was. So I sat with Gabby Rivera, our friend. Yes, and she was part. like she's like I don't haven't seen the bad bitch Jessica in any of these poems. And that's why the book starts the way it does. I was going to say, um, when you first sent us the, the manuscript for Hermosa, I like immediately texted Jessica and I said, um, this, this time this book feels so different because I feel you. And I felt just you. And reading it, it just mm-hmm. it felt like this is the book where Jessica centers Jessica. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it so powerful and also different. And it, it makes it powerful in a different way. Than the mm-hmm. other two, because I, uh, my friend Katrina, uh, told like she produced my last book release and is producing this next one, and she said this is an end for a chapter. This is the end to a ch- to a chapter in your life. You're no longer trying to solidify yourself as this poet. You are mm-hmm. like you are who you are now. It's undeniable. And to think of who I was at Corazon when I was putting together Corazon to who I am now, like I feel like I've been through like a war zone, right? And mm-hmm. and also I've been all over the country. Um, I've sold over fifteen thousand books. Congrats! I've, thank Amazing. you. It's so all these things that have happened that. I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm not trying to, like, write books anymore. Like, a bitch is writing books. You're doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have arrived. Uh, Yeah, yeah. You've arrived. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, yeah, I have, I've arrived. I, th- I think it's weird because you always have, like, more dreams for yourself, of you know? Course. And, um, but, but then, like, yeah, I arrived fully into my voice and into who I am. And, and, and so Hermosa was selfishly a, a book for myself. It's interesting, too, how, like, thinking about the way you describe books and poems, like, you talk about giving birth to your books, giving birth to your poems, and I think a lot of times we hear parents talk about how different their children are, Mm -hmm. and you can't make your child be what you want it to be. The child is going to just be itself, and it's almost, it sounds like this is the case with your books, too. Yeah. Yeah, Corazon is the the pride and joy, you know, the one that went off to college, and she's like... (laughs) And she's doing everything that you want, like as a parent, you want your kid to do, you know. And then the Soto is more like my wild child, the ones just like fuck everybody, like fuck the patriarchy. The middle child, yeah. Yeah, she's the middle child, and then Hermosa. Well, she's she's not born yet, but she's uh, sweet and um, determined, and and just. You know, like, you know how some kids are just born with a strong sense of self? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that that's what Hermosa is. Like, the book is what it is, and there's no need to put a spin on it. There's no need whatever. It's a collection of poems about me. Beautiful. I, I do have to say, um, my favorite line, because you you do a really good job of, like, balancing just beautiful imagery, history, pain, sadness, but also humor. And my favorite line in Hermosa, there's a poem 
punchline, the first line, I ate his ass because I loved him. Let's talk about that. <laughs> and the things that we do for these fuckers because we love their asses. Okay, first of all, the men that I'm sexually involved with bought a five-in-one uh, shampoo Oh, we saw your story, girl. We, we saw the story. And I was like, I'm not going to have sex with you as long as you're using that because that's disgusting. Right. Like, Men are gross. Get some soap. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like as anyone that has sex with cis hetero men, yeah. if you're eating their ass is an act of love. Because <laughs> a sacrifice. Because <laughs> they're not always the most clean people in the world. And um, yeah, so I ate someone's ass as an act of love. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't my idea. It was his. And I'm like, and so I ate it because I love you. Call the Vatican. <laughs> we have new criteria for sainthood, and it's eating ass. It's eating ass. Eating cis hetero male ass. <laughs> I declare you Santa Jessica, <laughs> patrona de las cochinas. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, Good time. Someone translated that into Spanish, and it was awful. <laughs> In Spanish, I was like, <laughs> cringing. Like that line? No, like just the poem itself. Yeah. Screaming. What's the translation yeah, yeah. in Spanish? I, I don't remember what it was, like, but le, le comí su culo? Um, <laughs> I was I was frustrated too because they translated it and they they didn't use Salvadorian. Right, I um, remember Spanish. That. Uh-huh. They used like uh, like the español, like with the with the lisp. Yeah, Mala like, knows oh. all about that. Yeah, and That's so then I was just horrible. like, what the fuck is this? So yeah, because the the poem talks about eating ass, sucking dick, um, right? You know, like the works and. And so seeing it translate into Spanish, one, not it wasn't with words I would use, and two, it was just I just felt like it's kind of I don't know talking sex in Spanish for me is not a, a thing I'm used to. Mm. So mm-hmm. yeah, the one time I had a boyfriend that only spoke Spanish to ask me if I was wet, he asked, "Se te la cookie?" I think I remember this. <laughs> he asked if my cookie got wet, got got wet, and I was like, "Ew." <laughs> Soggy cookies. I thought of like a soggy Oreo. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so dead. Yeah. So. Some things don't translate well. No. Maybe I haven't met like the right, Mm. like suave man, you know, because that might, that might be it. But the ones I've dated haven't. I mean, it's one thing to be corny Mm -hmm. in English, but Mm -hmm. to be corny in Spanish, I feel like it's like triple. It's like even worse. I dated someone that was really like super meloso, like Uh, too much. And it, mm-mm. no, mm-mm. <laughs> like I, you know how they say everything's stronger in Spanish. Right. Like love is more love, anger is more anger. So if you're like, like corny, it's even cornier. Right. Like <laughs> lo más cursi, I can't. I yeah, love fucking cursi as yeah. hell. Yeah, no. Mm, good stuff. Yeah. How is the love life right now, Jessica? Because I, <laughs> since we're on the subject, right, since, since we're subject, on the topic, yeah, I have a question as well. But let's start with that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, in my love life—it's both non-existent and existent. I don't know how to explain it. I'm still dealing Word. with the same situation that, like, you both are rolling your eyes at. But <laughs> um, <laughs> right, you can you can see it in the video footage. It's all good. Mm-hmm. We love to hear about. I it. um. I mean, you know, I've been in love with this person for whatever, however many years it's been now, and um, the relationship has been toxic, and uh, now it's becoming this reinvented friendship, but that still has an element of romance to it, Mm. but it's really frustrating, because I've been very hurt, and I haven't released that hurt. I'm in therapy. I'm working through it. Good. Good. Um, Good. And then, like, but also, like, 
I mean, I know that Mala, you always ask me this because you go, "Don't you? Are you afraid this relationship sabotages the possibility for other relationships?" Right. Yeah. And then I'm like, but like nobody's really checking. And but like, hold on. Here's the thing. It's not about there actually being someone that's like trying to get at you. The thing is about the universe, right? You mm-hmm. have to release what's no longer serving you because you need to make room for mm. something new coming. It's not right. that oh, there's nobody around. That's because you're not allowing for anyone to come around by keeping the old. I mean, I know this. I know all of this. I know this. And I go through the processes and to um, the breakups and where I write the books. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, I'm done with him. Right. And he's not in my life for months. And then uh, the relapse that happens. um, I want to say that things are different for me now. You know what? where I'm at? I'm at a place that um, I'm not there's no frills, there's no false hope, there's no expectation of changing someone. I'm like, oh, I'm like, you're a mess. Mm-hmm. And I'm here because I can't help not loving you. Mm-hmm. But I'm actively working to like one day not be in this. Sure. And so, and I told him that the other we were on IG Live and I go, have you considered the fact that I'm not going to be here one day? Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, I've considered that a lot. Anyway, whatever. Um, I've learned that he operates from a place of fear, and I operate from love. And um, I don't know if if someone's out there, if anybody out there is doing brujeria, I mean, can you do it the good way? Right. Like, we so need to cast a love spell, y'all. <laughs> so Call that, the brujas. Ew. Come on, everybody, assemble. So that I could get uh, like this man out of my heart. But then I've had like I tried dating somebody else. Oh my god! Wait, pause. The other day, I was in the kitchen. And there was a veladora roja. And I was like, Mom, my dad is doing brujería on you. I hope you know that. I was like, para que no te vayas. And she was like, well, tell him something. And I was like, oh, it's too late. He, he lit the candle. Yeah, it's been lit. It's been lit. It's, it's red. It's done. Te está haciendo brujería. Okay. So, you know. It's a, know. it's a thing. It's a thing. If somebody <laughs> lit a candle for me, can you turn it off, please? <laughs> can you turn it off? <laughs> please uh, turn it off, please. Um, no, but I mean, like, I'm single. If anybody is out there, hello. That's no. a PSA. Um, that's announcement. <laughs> right. To anyone listening with a fine ass Theo, right. with a good job, and his and own benefits. Home. Yeah, have a professor that's like, yes. you know, but like, but like a good professor, like, you know, like, not like a poor professor. Like. <laughs> no adjunct. Right. No. No, we need tenure track. Yes. yes. Their own office. Yes. Mm-hmm. All that. All of Book it. Deals. All of that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All that good stuff. You do have a line in your poem, La Cita. Maybe we want to be single. Maybe we want to be single. The new mm-hmm. men didn't stick because we won't let them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. We've talked you about and it. I. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was on my Instagram, like, going through my archives of my stories the other day. Mm-hmm. And first of all, when did we ever sleep? Oh, my God. Girl, Never. never. Never going to work at 8 a.m. the next yeah. day. We were going out, like, Monday through Sunday. No, there was a day where we were together, like, four days in a row. And I was like, what? It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday. Sunday. Where did that stamina come from? I have no idea, girl. I, I, I had to be home by 1.30 yesterday. Like, I have no stamina anymore. No. But no. remember the time that I was supposed to meet this Jamaican dude at La Cita? And yes. then I got there with y'all, and I was having such a good time. I told him not to show up. I remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember. It'd be like that. They're boring but, sometimes. Yeah. Or, or the time that the guy came to see me at the at the club where me and you were together and um me and him talked the whole time. Yes. And then but yes. like oh, I yes. remember, I remember yes. but I still was with you. Like I wasn't like there with him. So I 
think for me, I've made it a point to center the woman in my life. Even even with the guy that I've been on and off with, like if I ever had to choose between him and my and my sisters, my friends, it wouldn't even be a hesitation. I'd be like, oh, I'll cry over you for a few months, but I'll be fine. Sure. Ooh, yes. There's a poem where you have like a conversation about this and you basically say like, we kept the love, we kept each other the way that I envisioned it, yeah. but then it ruined everything else. Mm, yeah. Yes. It's the yes. poem, like, what if we finally mm-hmm. figure it know, out? We, what if we figure it out? We built the house, we lived together, and then you're still you, mm-hmm. and I'm still me, which is these people with toxic traits, Yeah, and um, everything goes to shit, but we're with each other. I felt that in my gut at the end, at the end, uh, the last line, like, yeah. and we ruined everything else. <laughs> yeah. Because right. I think, you know, for a- any of us that have been in a, in a bad relationship that won't end, um, everything else is like kind of up in flames. Right. Or you like abandon everything else or you forget about everything else just for the sake of keeping this relationship going. So I felt that, you yeah. know. I mean, yeah, I, I recently lost a friendship over someone that's in a really toxic relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel that this person feels that they needed to do these things for their relationship. But at the same time, like, is it worth it mm-hmm. if, if you're losing everything? And so I obviously I can't be hypocritical and not look at my own situation. And then I'm like, well, this man hasn't made me lose anyone yet. But I had to take inventory of, like, would I be willing to lose people in my life for him? And thank God I wouldn't. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like, I mean, yeah. also, I talk about him like he's present in my life in a way that he isn't. This is just someone that I have sex with, what, what like, once or twice a year. And then, like, I go on with my single-ass life. And, I yeah. Ha- I have a question. Um, this is about dating and writing but it's not about Hermosa and you have your new column Suelta um, with Remezcla and we haven't talked about that so I wanted to ask you if you you know wanted to share what that has been like writing a column as opposed to you know hammering out a whole book you know and having that be like a huge production and how that's been you know how has that been like for you it's been really interesting and um like shout out to my editor she's so amazing like Yana is just fantastic and and um, I always turn in the column a day late, and she, <laughs> she never says anything. I'm always like, "Thank you so much for being patient." Um, but it's been really interesting because I get I get to shape this story, this larger story. Where the poem is, you're trying to it's like you're trying to make an incision, and you're trying to be as precise as possible. And with something as a column, I get to shape out this this narrative of what I'm telling, and and um, every column has a reference to my mother. And it has a reference to me. So I'm telling her story and my family's story at, while I'm talking about dating. And I'm really excited to see where the column goes as it goes, like, as we go further. Like, um, so far I've written about uh, being Catholic and sexual and becoming empowered. Mm-hmm. But basically about being afraid that God is going to come out of the sky and be like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <Right. Spite> you. <laughs> I wrote about being, like, a successful woman trying to date and how that's hard. Um, I wrote about being a fat woman who dates. Um, be, and then this last column was about being, like, the single friend. And where I talked about the mummies and their, and their partners. Yeah. And, and I was like, this is cute. But at the same time, I'm like, do I want this? Can I maintain this? Like, sitting around with couples, it just feels like from where I'm at to where the intimacy that y'all are at, it feels like 
such a wide distance. Mm-hmm. And so to, to the point where you ask yourself, do I even want to trek that mountain? Oh, yeah. Like, is my solitude better? It's work. Yeah. You know, and it, it is work. Mm-hmm. And But then I also see, like, how in love y'all are. And then you're like, oh, that's cute. Like, especially, like, you know, our friends that are moving across the country together and stopping at all the cities. But at the same time, I'm just like, but I would have been like, I'm going to grad school, fool. You stay here. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you balance being independent and being whatever? And then it's just like, but you want your partner to come with you so Mm -hmm. you can be, like, Mm -hmm. happily together wherever you're at. And so, um, yeah, it's about navigating how do you juggle all of that. Yeah, I kind of have started to think of partners as tethers, um, like <laughs> in in us, <laughs> in, in like this weird way, because just feeling so connected to another human is not something that I like kind of I feel you, Jessica, because I don't think I, I still don't have it in me yet. I don't have the capacity yet. And yeah. I can't I can't go there on some level. I'm like, I don't really want to get to know another person intimately. It's exhausting. I don't have the bandwidth. Like, yeah, I think about events like when I have one of my events, like, so much of my time is given to my mingos, right? Mm -hmm. If I have my man there, I'm going to be aware that he's standing around waiting for me, that he might want to go already, he might be tired, he might be hungry, you know, whatever. And just to have another person, like, when Chingona Fire was happening, right, like, Angie wasn't my boyfriend, but, like, she's my friend, right? And so, but sometimes she would want to had somewhere else to go or something, whatever. And I remember, like, being aware of what she needed, mm. like, so strongly. I used to think, what the hell am I going to do when I have a boyfriend? Mm. If, like, just having my friend with me yeah. Yeah. is already, like, oh, like, I got to make sure, you know, like, you get used to your solitude and sometimes... No, that's real, because, yeah. like, I think about now, like, if I were to be single now... Like this relationship, I don't. It wouldn't work the same, you yeah. know. But the reason that it's worked is that w- we started dating before everything really mm-hmm. took off. So it was, you know, being able to grow and build together as opposed to mm-hmm. like just all of this happening and then someone else being thrown into the mix. Yeah, because it's, it's definitely different. Because he's figuring it out with you. Yeah. And if you were to meet somebody right now, mm-hmm. you would be basically giving him rules. Yeah. No. Like, and you know what's great about. Um, I think what works about our relationship is that we're both very career focused. Yes. He's not trying to get married and have kids anytime soon. Neither am I. So that's not even like a conversation that we have to have. So I'm very aware that like the relationship that we have is very special and very different. Um, so we're not worried about that. Well, I mean, you know? like, yeah, but seeing like, like, um, I see relationships and I, I'm inspired by them, right? Like, like um, our friends that are going cross country to mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. Marisa, who got accepted at NYU. Um, like I said, for me, I would have been like a man and grad school. Fuck, you know. But like, for she gets to have like a like her partner with her yeah. and doesn't have to take on this whole new city by herself, right? Sure. And I think that that's beautiful. That's beautiful that somebody's like willing to be like, let me pack everything up and go with you, right? Um, but at the same time, like I, it's just it just looks like. You know, or like when I see y'all and you're juggling his schedule and uh, and your schedule, Not and then me to heart. <laughs> and then I'm like, fuck, like I, my schedule's already, I'm overwhelmed with my schedule, right, and yeah. then like, and I say I want a man with a career, so like I don't know what that's gonna look like. Google Cal, and and so that Google Cal has <laughs> saved us from many fights. No, honestly, Google Calendar for folks in relationships with busy ass schedules, it has saved us many a fight because we put it in the calendar. 
You see it. You accepted it. You can't tell me I didn't tell you about it. You can't tell me you don't remember. It's there. You know, so I bre- it, yeah. it saves. I briefly life. tried dating somebody in, in January. Uh-huh. It was awful. It was awful. One, I had kept, like, my social media from him because mm. I didn't... Because that's a lot. It's a you lot. Know? And then, but he, once he found out about my social media, he was just like, oh, you're just used to people doing everything you want. Oh, Ew. And then, oh my God. First, first of all, all yes. <laughs> <laughs> True. Whatever. <laughs> but, like, I'm like, dude, do you know how lucky you are, you cool. know? Mm-hmm. Or that fool that I went on a date with two years ago, whatever, it's some mm-hmm. yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. We yes. know where we know. Um, uh, how he was like, well, you're Jessica Salgado. Like, you should be used to like getting everything. And I'm like, what is yeah. everything? As if like you haven't worked for shit. You haven't been in the game for ten years plus. It's like, not like you have a fucking butler. Like, what are people talking about? No, also, what but, do they mean? Like, but also, like, what do you what do you think I'm getting? Like, I got a free drink at the bar, like, right? <laughs> at the shortstop. Right? Yeah. What like, do you want, it's bitch? Not like you know, somebody has to take a picture with me. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like Gucci is sending me stuff to my house and like <laughs> they you should know, be. But they Gucci. Should be. <sighs> they don't make things my size, Fenty. but you know, purses, Fenty. but some purses. fine leather goods. But you know what I mean? Like I'm not re- I'm not out here like Rihanna like walking around with her little copita de vino. Where I could right. leave with where I could leave with a cup of wine and not uh-huh. think about it. I mean, you know, I could probably go to like the local taco stand and leave with like the sauces <laughs> and they wouldn't tell me anything. But. <laughs> L.A. royalty. I was but gonna I'm just say like, this is Latinx royalty. Latinx royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's something. It's it's beautiful, and and I'm really grateful for it. But like, I I don't know what whoever comes around and like I end up dating and being like in a, an actual full on adult relationship with is gonna have to be someone that's very secure in themselves and um, who doesn't shrivel up at the idea of the fact that I'm successful. And that's been what's happened so far. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to get my shit together before I try to... Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, eh, oh. okay. Don't even tell me that. Get your shit together and then come for me. Then exactly. come find me. Yeah, and exactly. then also, like, stop telling me that you're broke. Like, right. it's okay. Please, Lord, it's, stop telling Jessica that you're broke and that you have a small dick. I was going to say that it's you have a small helping. dick. Stop it. Where is the game? <laughs> Where Dude. is the, the courtship? Like... Uh. There was a what? time where men were smooth and yeah. had game and had something to say. Mm-hmm. Oh, but the, also the, the, the new trend is the men that try to get at women that I know because they think it gives them a stamp of approval, That's too. That's disgusting. And so I don't co-sign a single man. Mm-mm. Let it be known. I don't co-sign a single man. He's either. lying. Jessica does not co-sign his ass. Correct. Yeah. He's lying. Unless I tell you, girl, I think this guy's for you. I don't co-sign him. What has it been like to be on? Because you share that you're on some of the dating apps, right? And the horrors. Right, yeah. What has it been like when they recognize you? And like, <laughs> oh, shit, I just saw your book the other day in a bookstore. <laughs> it's, right. I laugh. It's because I'm like, what do I like? What do I do? Like, do you follow me on Instagram? Do you know that this might end up on Instagram? Right. Does that, does that make <laughs> you feel like this person may have a little bit more like maybe you're more open or does it close you off? Um, it. It makes me be nice to that. Like, I'm at least nice to them because mm-hmm. usually I'm not even nice. I don't even answer, like, the <laughs> hellos. Like, legit, I only answer to argue when I'm... Because I, at this point, I'm u- only using the dating apps for... Content. For content, right? Yeah. 
but recently there was a man that was just like, I saw your book, and I said thank you, and then he, and then it always goes into like, uh, I've always wanted to write a book. Mm. I'd love to pick your brain. No, and so then like that's already a turn off because like. You're minimizing what I do, and and that's not. I, I don't want you to worship. Well, yeah, I do want you to worship the ground I walk on, mm-hmm. but I I I don't want you to like like only want to talk about my career. But I also don't want you to like try to get free resources from me. No, you get paid to teach people to read your poetry, to speak. You've done workshops. Like people have learned from yeah. you. You get paid to do those things. And I get the sense, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but you also like are not going to do free work for a man. No, for mujeres maybe, but not for no, a man. Yeah. The fuck? No, like and maybe like a queer man, but never a, a cis hetero. No, never. On, they don't on an app. Like on a on an app doesn't make sense. And so I get that. I get the. Um, they get the whole like I'm very sexually liberated because I'm, you know, like because of my content and. And then I'm like, yeah, fool, but that doesn't mean I want to, like, talk about sucking your dick in, like, the first five minutes. Like, Right. Yeah. It makes yeah. zero sense. So It's weird. They treat, like, online conversations about sexuality as, like, an open-door policy. Yeah. Like, oh, this bitch is open for business, clearly. And then there are the men in person that are not on the dating apps that, like, hover. Uh. And so I can't figure out if they're mingles or if they want to be my man, you know? Like, and so it's just... Whatever. Right. Damn. Stress. I'll be well, single forever. Stress. Same. <laughs> so can I say you're my husband? Word. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I love being your husband. I'm down. Yeah. I'm like your husband that like travels a lot for work. So we don't necessarily see each <laughs> yeah. other all the time. But we still have. We know what it is. Right. Yeah. When we need a date night, we're like, oh, we need to see each other. Boom. And then that's it. We have separate houses, but it's all good. Separate houses. <laughs> Occasionally do staycations in hotels. Yes. That's ideal. Yeah. So. Okay. Yes. You have a book release coming up. Fermasa. Yes. Give us the deets so that all of our listeners can come through and support. It is going to be September 12th at the Central Library. Um, the Eventbrite will be going up this, uh, well, by the time that this is out, the Eventbrite will be out with all the information. And you can find that on my social media because I don't have the information yet right now. Okay. But it will be in the evening, September 12th at the Central Library. With It'll be a reading with a reception afterwards. And so if you can't get into the reading because it gets packed, hang out. The reception will have drinks made for each of my books. Oh. And um, I'll be signing books. And you'll be able to, like, hang out and listen to music and see all the other, all the, all the other hermosas. I will also have a whole calendar of events. But I will be here at Espacio on the 21st okay. um, for Amazing. another signing with Yosimar Reyes. Fun. Yes. Amazing. So, uh, your book, Hermosa, is already available on pre-sale? Yes. Where can people pick up a copy? They can pick up a copy at notacult.media or on Amazon, pretty much anywhere that sells books. I am at, um, or you could go the day of, and you will probably find me at Barnes & Noble, at um, anywhere that sells books. But please support independent bookstores, please. Um, Espacio. Espacio Stories. Um... Uh, what's the space up here in in Boyle Heights to the other book space? Um, otro li- other books or Otro Libros? Yeah, and so that place too. And yeah, uh, Tia Chuchas, mm-hmm. all the independent bookstores. Yeah. yeah. 
Love it. Amazing. Thank you so much Thank for sitting so much. down with us again. We are beyond honored that we get to debut the exclusive interview about yes. Hermosa. Yes. And I also want to tell you that I'm so proud of both of you. And every year that I come back, I see the growth. And today, y'all were like little, like, it wasn't even homegirls. Y'all were like so professional. And like, I mean, you're always <laughs> professional. No, you're always professional. But today, like, I, it's just seeing your growth is so, so inspiring and and I love you both, and and I'm so excited to see y'all soar and see what else Locatoras do, and to shake my ass at whatever, yeah, whatever's next. The next party, the next yes. party. We love you, Jessica, so much. I love much. you too, Mother of Mangoes. Thank you for joining us once again. All right, Locamores, we will catch you next time. Thank you for tuning into another capítulo of Locatora Radio. Besitos. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.